All right, we're live, and um, I've listened to a lot of my episodes, Riley, and, I, and I, they all sound that way at the beginning, and i got to do something about it, but uh, I feel like i got to change it. <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> but, I, uh, hey, I want to welcome everybody who's who's joining us to another episode of the Brand Herald Podcast, and I've even been working on this intro, but even our conversation just a, a few minutes ago offline, I felt like I needed to tweak it a little, and I said, you know, it's a, it's a podcast where... Uh, we're really focused on building deeper relationships, telling really cool stories, which I think your story uh, fits the bill for sure, and ultimately discussing you know ways to build awesome brands. And uh, so there's there's a lot there, but that's that's you know several of the things we're passionate about. And uh, uh, first and foremost, I want to introduce Riley Gregor with Straight Edge Creative, and uh, just thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Landon. Really really hyped to be here, man. Thank you. It's an honor. Good deal, man. Uh, okay, so just to give a little background to people listening, how Riley and I met. Um, so Riley's dad is uh, the founder of Buffalo Construction. We've done some business with them over the years. Know a lot of people over there. Great company and a great group of people. And um, I believe Addie, who I've worked with there, uh, sent you my way because you needed some T-shirts. And uh, pretty much as simple as that, right? That's how we connected. That's it. Yep. And um, – and actually, recently, and, and what I like to do in certain situations, we, we did kind of a deal because my wife was turning 40. She turned 40 on Monday. I shouldn't have said that. She wants me to tell everybody she's 35, but she's 40. Um, and and Riley helped me. I needed to do some artwork for the surprise party that I was doing for her. And he came along at the absolute perfect time. The stars aligned. He needed T-shirts. I needed artwork. And it just... It was a it was a match made in heaven. So, and he graciously agreed to to work on some artwork for me with my Britney themed birthday party for my for my beautiful bride. And he helped, and he knocked it out of the park. And I tell you, man, I got now I can say it because the party happened uh, last Friday night, so it's no longer a secret. Great. Uh, tons of positive feedback on the artwork. It was a wonderful addition to the party. Everybody loved it. Uh, we had an awesome time. So I appreciate your your contributions there. My pleasure. And if I ever something comes about with uh, Brittany involved, I've got the starter pack ready to go. So, <laughs> and you can you can thank me for that, man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we'll, get, we'll get some gratuity off that one. I love the party. The only thing I struggled with was it was about three hours of Brittany music. And like, look, I'm I'm a big Brittany fan, but that's a lot of Brittany. And uh, a lot of Brittany. But <laughs> and I'll tell you, for those listening, uh, this won't be relevant to people who outside of our area. But I do want to give a little bit of a plug to it's called the Lawyers Overlook um, is where we held the party. Beautiful, beautiful spot. You can pull it up online. Um, and it was the perfect setting for the artwork that uh, Riley helped me with. So. All right. So a little bit of a tangent. We, we're starting down a rabbit hole. We're going to get it back on track here. First and foremost, Riley, um, if you just would just tell us about you get give us a little bit about where you grew up where you went to school just and and just tell us your story a little bit we'll start there so people can get to know you sure yeah so my name is riley gregor again um grew up i was born in laguna nigel california uh but moved here to louisville kentucky at a very young age that's where um my dad started um buffalo construction here in louisville and so that's why we moved here um very, very productive childhood of nothing but sports and activities and uh, sports across the board. Um, and then I went to 
to get more into depth, um, my art career kind of started at St. Francis High School, which is here locally in Louisville, Kentucky on uh, 3rd and Broadway. Absolutely wonderful school, um, very small, very diverse, but uh, it was really able to and, uh, hone in a lot of the art that I started to do. But I got introduced to uh, graffiti at a very young age um, and around that time. So I started skateboarding. I had big ties into skateboarding. And if you would have – skateboarding was the one thing I put every ounce of my heart into. I remember that so clearly. And I wanted to go pro. I wanted to you know, travel. I was sponsored at one point doing competitions. So you were pretty good then. I, I like to think so. Yes. Um, um, when the Louisville Extreme Park first opened up, they held a competition and I came in eighth place out of like 50 kids in the beginner section. That was my first ever competition. So really got some validation with that. But just a complete skater kid, just rain, snow, shine, whatever. I was on a board and I loved it. So I kind of spilled the beans about where my art um, lies and where the inspirations come from. And that was graffiti. So I'm sure um, both of those worlds of skateboarding, fashion, street culture, you know, graffiti falls into those to that category. So that's how I was first introduced to it. Tell me, let, let me unpack that a little bit. When you say introduced to graffiti, give me a little bit. Give me a so little more it there. Was, absolutely. It was literally a buddy of mine that I grew up skating with and he was actively um, doing graffiti and it's so simple, but it changed everything, the course of everything that I do today. But he just put letters on a piece of paper that were deconstructed, pointy, different than the normal letters that you see in everyday life. And that just intrigued me to no end. Um, that is the my introduction to graffiti. And I was blown away. I was like, what is this? And then from that point, it started to be, you know, you notice it around town. You notice um, the, the the different spots, the different colors. So that's how it really opened my world. But a simple, different letter structure on piece of paper is what sparked my interest. That is so interesting to me, and 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 I'm probably getting ahead of my, real quick. Something I always I usually do at the end, but I feel like if anyone's listening to this episode, they need a visual. And so, uh, I've got your your resume up that you sent me, um, kind of Beautiful. kind of that flyer, and it. I don't, you don't have a website from what I can tell, but you do have Instagram. Is that, am I? Correct. Okay. Yes. And Instagram is at straight edge creative. So, and that's, yes. and it's spelled out. spelled out. Yep. Spelled out at straight edge creative. So if you're listening to this, I do, like I said, I don't normally do this, but I think for this episode, it'd be really cool. Like if you're listening to this and you want to pull up Instagram and get a look at what, what some of the work that he's done, it's pretty incredible. Um, Thank you. And that resume, absolutely. I think if you find a place to have it on the thumbnail or there's stuff on my Instagram, you will be able to see how the the come up and the inspiration of graffiti has come into my commercial mural work. It started from there, but that's not where my work lies today. So we'll get into a little bit more of that, but definitely the foundation of where it, it all lies comes from the street 
art, graffiti culture. And so some, and this, this is kind of the rabbit trail I was mentioning. We talked a little bit about this, that like around communities, that one of the ways to sort of combat, if you will, like, you know, people doing graffiti that you don't want there or spray painting things or whatever, defacing property, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it, is to have some of the types of things that you do on open walls of buildings and things like that. Is that would, is that fair? Absolutely. Yes. Mural and public art, street art, uh, however you want to classify it. It has so many different avenues and so many different solutions to a bunch of different things. Now, different artists, um, you know, can be in the realm of um, activist art. Um, you know, they can be in community art. They can just be in abstract, you know, cool shapes, um, cool signage. Um, so there's so many different ways to apply and and have a mural be a solution to really almost any problem. And that's a lot of what the commercial work that I do with murals is the client almost always has a problem and it's up to me to basically solve that problem through a mural and in a very interesting and stylistic way. Yeah. And I just pulled up the, the Instagram account on the screen. I mean, I can't share it and I will make sure to figure out a way that we post at the very least, we'll make sure that the Instagram uh, handle is put into sure. our posting sure. so that people can easily get to it. But yeah, I mean, it's, and it's funny, I was doing some research ahead of time and I pulled up uh, the Fox Den article through Louisville Business First, where you were mentioned, and, yes. it's, the, and it's the main photo at the top um, of that article online. That was my first ever debut, at least for some artwork being in uh, Louisville Business First. So I was very, very ecstatic on that. And that was a good day. Yeah. So I was very excited. Yeah, it's uh, a, <laughs> It's so cool. I, I'm such a sucker for I'm not a designer. I say this all the time. I'm not a designer, but I do feel like I have an eye for design and I have a great appreciation for it. I always have. Um, so uh, so this is good stuff. Now, we talked a little bit. Um, there's there's a section I want to get to here that's a little bit more fun, but I, I do think it's super important for people to understand your story at a deeper level. And we talked a little bit about this before we started. Will you tell a little bit about your personal journey and how you've gotten here and some of the things that we discussed um, related to the healing place and things like that. Absolutely. So I, I found when I went to college, I found the power of drugs and alcohol. I took my first drink at the age Real quick, of 16. Where did you go to college? Uh, High Point University. High po- and where is that? That is in North High Point, North Carolina, and I don't want to get it twisted. I lasted a semester, so yeah. I don't really classify it. Okay, as, all right. No, 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 no I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to get No, to that, so. all good. So, so to really just get it down and simple, uh, I took my first drink at the age of 16. Um, at the age of 22, so five years, I was in a homeless shelter seeking treatment at the healing place in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so that the love of skateboarding, the love of art, the love of being a son, the love of, um, family, you know, being a functioning member, a lot of everything started to fall by the wayside due to my, my drinking and drugging that I was undertaking. Um, I was working for a company traveling and uh, life on the road at a young age is 
any life on the road really is just very difficult, but I was very young. I didn't have any responsibilities. I was staying in hotels and that is where I escalated in just a lot of self-isolation and how I did that was through drugs and alcohol. So to really just, I've got, if you have any other questions, Landon, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm wide open, but just to really kind of keep that on the surface. But to that point is, is I got sober at the age of 22. I'm 26 right now. Um, working on December 1st of this year will be five years of continuous sobriety, which is just crazy to think about. Um, but through that, when I got sober and really having to change pretty much everything <laughs> about me um, from a sense of a behavioral aspect, the idea of graffiti and and vandalism and, um, you know, living that lifestyle was not, I didn't see to be appealing to the lifestyle that I wanted to live. Now that is just for me. I know a bunch of artists out there that are, that are sober and do the, you know, the street lifestyle and graffiti and everything. And I'm not going against that 100%. It was just for my journey personally. So mm-hmm. with that being said, well, so here's what I here's what I would say. Like I'm, I mean, I love. First of all, I have a little bit of an interaction with, and I think I shared this with you on a call that we had at one time about the healing place and how much I think of that place. We, um, we had my wife's uh, family member. They had a daughter. Uh, both her 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 mom and dad, um, unfortunately, had a really bad season of their life where they had problems with drugs. Yes. She ended up living with us for six months while they were in the healing place. Um, and, you know, got some exposure to that, you know, drove down, picked her up, brought her home with us, had a dinner so that she could spend time with her daughter. Uh, point is, I grew, you know, I had a, definitely a soft spot in my heart for that place and uh, and, and the work they're doing. And um, and then just also going down there, had done some tours and things like that. And, and in addition to that, my grandfather was a recovering alcoholic. Um he passed away in 2008, um, but I remember speaking at his funeral, and, and I'll, I'll probably butcher this, but and it's the same thing, really, that I feel about the folks that I talked to at the Healing Place. I said, our culture is very plastic um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, there's definitely a, um, a lot of pressure to kind of act like you got it all together and you got no right. problems. And there are also certain, what I would call, for lack of a better way to describe it, sins or, or issues that people have that are that are sort of ranked in our culture. There's there's things that you can do that are very destructive to your life that people don't really care about, uh, that don't get after you too much about it. And then there's other things that aren't. And there's sort of this almost accidental like slotting of different things. And um, I have always felt that folks that have gone through what you've gone through and some of them that I met at the Healing Place sometimes have a have a leg up on the rest of us in order to live the rest of their life. Cause they're not able to do it. They're not able to fake it. Um, they're sort of laid bare and there is a lot to be said for the type of humility that that kind of thing can deliver. But then on the other side of it, there's an authenticity and, and, uh, and look, it's a battle. I mean, I know it's a battle till forever. Um, and sure. that was yeah. exactly what my grandfather used to tell me all the time. But I said at his funeral, I said, you know, he had, probably a leg up on a lot of us because he didn't have to fake it anymore. It was clear to everyone that was looking what he had, what he had done, 
what he had struggled with, and yet he then lived the rest of his life, and he had great relationships with his family, and he never drank again. Now, the man drank more coffee than any human being <laughs> should ever drink. But uh, I'm with that. <laughs> so anyway, it's just I think it's a great story, and then I think it, it it's a great testament to now looking at you taking this very niche business and this this very incredible talent that you've been given and on this other side of that being able to like undergird this thing that you're doing with this with this great story and then like now how do i go forward and utilize these talents that i've been given you know to absolutely and i i wouldn't be doing any of this if it wasn't you know for getting sober i wouldn't definitely wouldn't be talking to you right now um and you know i definitely wouldn't be pursuing um a passion and or a dream, if you will. Um, so that is all the, the gratitude behind it. Um, sobriety, you know, the healing place saved my life. Um, it, it gave me a life it, and it gave me an opportunity to really put my life on hold. Now the healing place real quick is, <clears throat> excuse me, it's no joke. It's, it's long-term treatment. So it's six to nine months. Uh, I was at the healing place for about it for around a year. I did a peer mentorship right after I did the program and it is they totally free. They give you three meals a day. You're living with 400 uh, men who are going through the same thing you're going through and you've got to get through it. And you're like I said, it's a behavioral change program. So I literally had to learn how to basically live life again without a drink or a drug. And before I started to take my own steps into the real world. Um, so with that being said, the healing place gave me an opportunity to sit still for a year and first off, learn what was wrong with me, but also then teach me the things that I, that I do enjoy. And Writing, designing, art, and the inspiration of graffiti were always at the forefront. So I was able, so again, I started to really hone in that craft while there. And then I basically, off a whim of just wanting to continue to paint and have fun in a legal and also communal sense and giving back, started the journey through doing commercial mural work. That's a, so that's a great segue. That would be, that was going to be my question. So you're 26 now. So four years ago, it'd be five years in December. Yep. Um, when did straight edge creative come about in that time in the, over the last five years? Straight edge creative was actually started this year in February of this year. Now that's, I know some other companies, I'm sure you've had some other companies that have been long, you know, around for, for many generations, uh, kind of feels funny saying that it's only been started this year, but the pursuit of actual commercial murals have been going on for about two years. It started off with, you know, um, little, little bedrooms, little mom and pa shops, and that was great, but, and I was just getting paid as Riley Gregor. Now, the more that I learned about business, the more that the clients started getting higher. I started doing work with the healing place itself. I started doing work with St. Francis High School, the high school where I went to, you know, um, Louisville Dive Center, um, the Jeffersonville Aquatic Center. So the clients started to get bigger and I wasn't comfortable anymore just saying, hey, pay Riley Gregor. 
And so the idea of actually starting a business and to become more professional and also seek out higher clients and to create those relationships with them is why the, is how the business really started to become and, and create the foundation it is on now. You know, so that's the thing that really, I think one of the many things that have impressed me about getting to know you and what you're doing is the fact that you've created a business out of this thing that seems like it wouldn't be a business for lack of a better way to describe it, you know, to, and I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I remember when we, we talked and you can tell me if I'm remembering this right, you had said, you know, you have a lot of commercial work now, and there are a handful of times throughout the year where you just get sort of carte blanche. You'll run into an opportunity where someone says, you know what, there's a wall, do what you want. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is companies want have, have relatively have some direction about what they want, and there's probably a collaboration there. But there's the, then those opportunities that you get to just go crazy and do whatever you want. Is that pretty fair? Did I remember that right? Absolutely. And to, to that point, and I don't know if there's a question – coming up, but kind of where straight edge creative is, is where it is today and, and more modern right now is honing in a much more brand identity and style through my art to where that it can be implemented to any commercialized setting and any client. And they know what they're going to get when they win and if they decide to work with me. And it's not changing it up on a whim every single design project. Does that make sense a little bit? Help me explain it a little bit more. I'm struggling to follow a little bit. Sure. So with some of the I've done work with uh, DHL, the the shipping manufacturer. um, And so that was they wanted to implement their their Fox Robotics collaboration, which in their warehouse, they had a Fox Robotics, which was a self-driving forklift. So that was going to be the forefront of the mural and bring in to the, to people they were giving tours with and the workers around. That was the center point of that mural. Outside of that, I would then do boxy shapes and and look at the warehouse uh, itself and kind of mimic that and so so you're saying in that case they just had a few things like hey we have to have x y and z but other than that do what you want am i understanding it right correct so i did that but then the next project let's say was the louisville dive center which was a three-story building uh, on the side of the highway that we did a huge scuba diver um and you know this whole underwater scene And, you know, it was a completely different scene with completely different elements. So, again, now if someone was standing in front of the DHL and but also the Louisville Dive Center, they couldn't tell me that the same person did both of these works. So where Straight Edge is is right now is basically honing in a craft and a style to understand that the public and the people that follow and want to and the clients in the future there's a specific style and approach that is becoming a part of this artwork that they want to work with and they know that they're going to get. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, that's interesting. So you're trying to, this is good. See, this is challenging me a little bit to kind of make sure that I'm listening and understanding well. And um, so not like you're trying to create like a, you know, like a mold, if you will, that's just like the same each time, but more of like a philosophy or process or help me, help me out here. Like that's, I think, a mo- I think when you say mold, that's, that's kind of it. Okay. Being able to create a style 
and hone in on a style that can also be implemented into any commercial setting, Got like it. I said before. Yeah. But it's not having to approach the client, each client, and say, what do you want? And then how can I make that happen when that is not what I'm used to painting? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's I a got very, it. Okay. So kind of like, hey, here's here's the lanes that I function best in, essentially. And like, I it, it, that maybe is, is that accurate? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then like, okay. So let me ask this question. So like, I'm looking at a lot of these pictures. Obviously, the people that you're painting for own these facilities in a lot of cases. Um, what about someone who's like renting a place and they're like, I want you to paint something that I can more or less put on the wall but remove because I'm not going to be allowed to have you come in and paint a wall. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's I've created a relation. That's a great question. I love that. Thank you. The created a relationship. And I think I passed these these gentlemen on to you, but uh, unique imaging. Yep. And so. That that came from a, a school project, actually. Um, I'm I should also back up and say I'm actually still a full time student at U of L, uh, working for a BFA in two dimensional art. And when I got sober, I decided to go back to school and basically finish what I started. So, being in a art curriculum at the University of Louisville has continued to open up my horizons and continue to push me in all different styles of of art and philosophy, other than just street art. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, unique imaging came into the, to the role and what they do is extremely fascinating to me and also really cool. Um, they, they do sublimation printing in metal or wood. And so for anybody that doesn't know what sublimation printing is, is it's a heat applicant process where the image is printed beneath the first layer of, of the metal or the wood. So it does not scratch. It does not fade. It does not get altered in any way possible. So basically, I am able to design and push the limits of what, what I want to do um, through graphic style I get that sent over to to unique imaging and they're able to sublimate print that on metal, which is then we can do it in a various way of sizes, but that can act as a temporary mural and or hanging picture and or signage for any client that wants to work in that kind of realm. So let me ask, I'm looking at Jeffersonville Town Center. Is that, an, okay. is that an example of that? Three pieces hung on the wall with some art yes. that connects them, essentially? Yes sir. yes, sir. Now, I know that when you worked on my stuff, you kind of you designed that digitally. When you use them to do these types of things that you hang on a wall, are you designing digitally and then they're printing, or are you doing it more manually somehow? I like to play both sides of those fence, so... Any day or any project where I'm able to have a spray can in my hand is the best day ever. <laughs> so Got I say that. So I design everything digitally. I get that sent over, get that printed. But then we also have the opportunity to push the boundaries a bit more, literally, and are able to apply color um, effects and even break out of the boundary of the can- of the metal itself 
and you spray paint. On so the in wall. this case, these three pieces, you not only painted some on the wall to kind of connect them all together, but you took the printed pieces and painted on them a little bit also. Correct. Ah, that's, that's pretty cool. It's very. So then it's, it's not. So, so even though it's a printed piece, it's still a piece of art because you couldn't just duplicate it necessarily. Absolutely. And everything I designed is, is crafted through, you know, my, through my style and, or my, the way that I do it. So, um, but it, then that hand embellishment piece on top of that gives it that Mm -hmm. grittiness. It gives it that layer and it gives it that little more authentic way of hand embellishment. Yeah. You got my wheels turning, man. I I almost want to send you our brand standards guide and just kind of have you consume that and talk about it because I don't know that I would do it here because I think in a relatively short order, we're going to end up needing different space in the next year or two. But um, expressing our brand in our space is definitely an objective that we have. And um, our, you know, and this would be so cool. I mean, to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a huge, a huge hit. My first, I'll tell you real quick. The first question I always ask is if a client reaches out to me and, or, you know, if I start a conversation with a client is I always push for exterior uh, wall space, uh, the bigger, the better kind of deal. Yeah. Now with that, if that is unapplicable and, you know, the conversation continues to, to keep, continues to develop, this is an absolute wonderful, um, um, compromise and do in and allowing a collaboration to be done but also that is not permanent and does not go against and disrupt the workspace in itself but you're able to hang remove keep move the whole nine yards yeah Yeah, no that's great um yeah it's so cool so tell me um real quick i like to do this because i think it gives and it's going to be it i think it'll probably seem like an odd left turn in the middle of our conversation but I, I like doing it because um, there's actually a friend of mine who has a podcast called the Pinkleton Pull Aside Podcast. He's a, a faith-based guy, has a men's ministry up in Springfield, Ohio, where I'm from. I've mentioned him several times. On, I've actually done a podcast with him. But he does these questions that he calls the Rapid Five. But I like it. I tried it last time with my guests, and I thought it was kind of cool because they're just fun questions. are pretty light, but it gives people an insight into the person a little bit more. So we'll do this. And then I have some other questions that I want to ask um, about the business. But so one of the things I like to, to ask folks is like, when you go to the coffee shop, what's your drink? Ooh, ice, dirty chai, add an extra shot in there and a little splash of oat milk. What's a dirty chai? I you don't know. Don't care. Just don't love know. It. <laughs> it's, it's a concentrate. I know that my, my girlfriend, um, shout out to Olivia, actually uh, got me on that. So that is a, and one of my friends I actually told my friends the other day that I was drinking that, and he was like, "Oh, the perfect coffee drink for a non-coffee drinker." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> not sure how to take that, right?" Um, right. <laughs> so iced, dirty chai with a shot, and what? What else? And a dash of oat milk. Dash of oat milk. So, so <laughs> part of this is that I take notes on this so that. On the off, when when we find ourselves at a coffee shop one day, this will be a challenge of whether I've actually listened in order right. Um, you right out, you shoot me a text, see what you think. All yeah, right? there you go. <laughs> um, okay, you got, and I know probably know the answer to this based on what you do, but you have three hours to yourself 
Nobody's deciding what you're doing with those three hours. What do you do? I'm painting a wall. Painting a wall. That, so are your skateboarding days behind you? No. I when I when Right when I got sober, I dove right back into skateboarding very heavily. It was a form of exercise. It was a form of escape. And it was, uh, it was beautiful. Um, now, I'll be honest, and it's it's total excuse, but I have just consumed a, a lifestyle of just go, go, go. And right now, the business and painting um, commercial work, but also painting for fun has is is what I think about on a day-to-day basis. Um, but I still have a board. It's still all set up. I've got my shoes and everything. And if any moment presents itself, you can find me on a board, but I have not been on one. Where, where's your spot? that you like going? Oh, the, the downtown Louisville skate park has always been, that's where I grew up skating, but is that like close to the soccer stadium? Like down that neck? It is. It is. It's right there. Like a block away. Yeah. Um, but the new Albany, new Albany just in Indiana, just built a brand new skate park, uh, that is gorgeous. And, I have not yet been there, but I've consistently seen videos and I'll tell you, and you're sparking an interest in me again. I really have been wanting to go there and test it out. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. No doubt. Yeah. Um, now this is all, this is good. I would have called painting a wall, but I might have said skating. So that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Something that bothers you that other people do. Stumped you with that one. Yeah, no, because there's so much. Huh? <laughs> no, I can, I can identify with that. Yeah, <laughs> that, I would say just generally, it's just do do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, and and um, yeah, no, that, it's so funny because that was when I was drinking. You know, God, I was the king of not doing that doing, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's the little things. Um, that today of just uh, having a conversation and look at someone in the eyes and doing what you say you're going to do, showing up on time, those little mm. things that really hold dear. So few people me. do it, man. Um, it's just, it's not culturally what happens these days. I tell you, I, I wonder how this hits you. I have said that, um, that when I encounter, uh, I, I want to say this right. When I encounter myself, for lack of a better way to describe it, and others, I don't tend to like myself. Um, so it's like when, when I, I have found, and maybe it's just me, that things that tend to bother me and other people, if I'm really honest with myself, I tend to do. And I've always found it fascinating that like, I don't really, I, I annoy me. (laughs) That makes sense. So chew on that one. You can tell me whether you think I'm right about that. Um, (laughs) all right. Last one. What's your favorite book or one that you're reading now, or maybe one that you've read recently that you really liked? Gosh, I, I'm I'm trying to spin in my head about mm. giving a BS answer, but I can't. No, it's good. I'm I mean, not, not a big reader. Okay. Um, I mean, I know you said you write, you paint. Um, yes. Let me ask it this way. Were there any books during your time at the Healing Place that were that you read or anything like Ooh, that that was really impactful? Absolutely. Uh, Drop the Rock uh, or, or The Ripple Effect. Um, it's, it's a book on... Are those two different six. books, Drop the Rock and Ripple Effect? Is that two books? I believe I believe it's Drop the Rock and it's 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 about the ripple Got effect. It. So it's the same book. Um I just I'm picturing the cover in my head and those words are on the cover. Um now was that something they had you read or was that something you chose to read? 
No, that was actually something that came about from from a from a sponsor suggestion to me to pick up and read when it came time. So it's about uh, steps is six and seven, which are based on our character defects. And so the drop the rock in the um, with when it says the ripple effect, how our character defects not only hinder us, but the people around us, our relationships. And so that, that ripple continues to go out, out and out and out. So if we are able to work on our character defects and get those squared up and recognize them and be willing to work on them, our relationships are better. Um, you know, we're a better son, we're a better you know husband, we're a better wife, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And so that was a really big book to kind of help me understand because here, and here's something interesting that, that I learned and just on some recovery or on a recovery basis, but there's 12, uh, I did a 12 step program. So the first five steps are all about the, the problem was me and dr- the problem was drinking. That was the problem. Mm-hmm. Chapter or step six through 12, the problem is now me and is up to me to fix me. So it, 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 there's a shift in dealing with the past and then you shift into dealing with the present and then which helps you in the future. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so that six and seven was about now understanding that I am the problem even without a drink or a drug, I still am the problem. And how am I going to work on myself and understand my character defects? So where I am not the problem, which would then lead me to a drink or a drug. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. So if anybody listens to this, like, and they just hear that, that's worth the, the time here. No, that's, that's good. And I never really have heard the steps broken down that way, but I'll tell you what's funny is maybe not funny, but when I was driving, um, her mom back to the, to the facility. And I was, I was talking with her and she had come to the house, had dinner, you know, obviously she's in the healing place. She's in a really difficult spot. She said, you know, Mm -hmm. she said, um, man, you and Rebecca just seem to just have it all together. And I said, Mm -hmm. I said, listen, don't believe that lie. I said, um, and I went on to tell her about some of the struggles that Rebecca and I had had early on. We've been married. uh, We were married March of 05. So, 17 okay. years nice. and it'll be 18 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, but it has, you know, the first five years really tough. Um, and then we had you know, like kind of a time where it was pretty good and, but we really worked. We, I mean, we had to spend time with uh, counselors early on. And, and, and I always say, um, you know, I have a strong faith base. I say there is no earthly reason we're still married. And, uh, and yet we are, and it's, it's something I'm very thankful for, but I remember telling her, I said, told her about that, told her about the process we had gone through. And I just really talked to her about a lot of my self-reflection, a lot of like um, just trying to do exactly what you're describing, like be very aware of where I'm flawed and, uh, you know, whatever. And I remember she looked at me and she said, have you gone through a program? <laughs> and and I remember just like being blown away at that because I was like, it was, it was an interesting learning for me that self-reflection was equated to a program that, so I've always, I probably do it to a fault. You know, meaning like I'm, I'm probably self-critical a little bit to a fault and uh, sure. among many other things. But that was just a really interesting learning to me to where the, any process 
of of doing that she she equated to a pro- and that's not a knock that's just an interesting learning that I went through it was like ah I see okay so this gives me a little bit of an insight into what the program if you will is doing you know going through that process so it's really that's really absolutely it's the 12 step program I'll say this and just very lightly but the 12 step program does not only should not start and stop with only someone that has a drinking or a drug problem. It can be implemented into anybody's life um, at all. The the only step uh, drinking is is even remotely talked about is in step one. Yeah. So if you can just get past that one, then it's it's all about you know us and and you know, who we are and our character defects and, and like we've been talking about. So it's a beautiful thing. It really yeah. is. It changed, changed my life. It's um, yeah, no, it's, it's good. And I mean, I had a thought and I just lost it. It was a, it was a good one too, man. I'm getting old. I'm, I'm going to be 42 in September and like just things just, just go. So if I think about it, I'll bring it back up, but sure. we got about, you know, five, six minutes left. Um, I want to bring back to, let's talk about where you're at now. Tell me about the future of the business. Kind of what's your vision and plan, you know, going forward? I mean, do you eventually see having, for example, multiple people painting underneath you? Do you see it more being your the the it's just a boutique company where you're doing most of the work and you may have some administrative support? Like what's give me a little bit of an idea what's your vision for it? Absolutely. Um I'll tell you, a dream of mine is to have a conference room with you know, creative marketing director, social media, and, you know, and then a list of jobs that we have coming up where we want to seek out. And then we just have a think tank session. Uh, right now, all that's happening in my head, which I want to then hopefully get a team on board. And I say that in a jokingly, I try to be funny in that sense, but in all honesty, seeing the company come to a, a team aspect would be huge and I think would be great for the company. Um, now, let me reflect on that. Do you mean, am I understanding right that you're saying that you would have other people involved with the company that have, for lack of a better way to describe it, other marketing disciplines, like where you're the you're the mural and the painter and there's maybe somebody in there doing other disciplines within marketing? Am I understanding that right? Absolutely. 100 um, percent. You know, I. Right now, I'm wearing the hat of sales marketing designer, relationship manager, fund director, you know, the, everything involved. And I would love to, I, I don't want to wear all these hats all the time. Um, I want to dive into the more creative process. And I love w- talking and working with clients uh, closely. Of course, it's going to be close because it's just me. So I really feel in creating relationships. And that was something that I really resonated with you personally, but also your company as well. And why it's such an honor to be here, because I think a lot of our core values align is just about the relationship aspect. And so that has been a huge part of how my murals and how business has continued to go is because of the relationships that have formed, but also continue to grow. I'll tell you, I don't know percentages off the top of my head, but a lot of projects that I do are repeating customers, which if you think about it, if you just get one wall painted, that's almost enough. 
but a lot of the businesses and clients that I'm working with are having me paint multiple walls over multiple years. Um, so that's, that's huge. And so that's what I really like, but back to it. Yes. Well, so I mean, just real quick to that, to that point, um, it is always a testament as far as I'm concerned, when you build a relationship with a client and they keep coming back. Um, and, and, you know, and be, and so that has been to your point, the, one of the, I think bedrocks of our business is that we, I mean, heck when, when COVID happened, I remember having the conversation with Brett, my only other team member at the time, and we're seven soon to be eight. Um, and I just remember talking to him and just like, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, we're going to relate with customers. That's all we're going to do. I mean, we're just going to build relationships with them. That's and, yeah. and that's all we focused on. And, you know, they bought things here and there, but we just doubled down on that's who we are. It's what makes us tick, you know? So to the point real quick, and just to kind of sum that up, there's a few things that I like to hold close to myself, which is one talking about the business and two talking to clients personally that I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, want to delegate to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I like being on those front lines, but there's a lot of other um, small things that you might not think that go into a lot of the things I do. So let's say that you're asking me for, um, for a mural. And so basically the process, the way the process goes is we have a conversation. We talk about the space, what we think would be good, what anything that you're wanting to do, um, some quick ideas that I have. And then I start to kind of get a feel of where that lies then we start the design process, and that can be anywhere between one to a month, depending on how big the project is. But before I send, when I send my clients um, an update and or the final pitch, I break, I do this whole thing, this whole pitch, and I call it a deck on that I've designed, which is four to five pages of an opening page, the inspiration page, the, the, the three designs that I've come up with, with dimensions, the pictures, um, everything to scale, and then the wall itself with dimension breakdowns, and then a cost page. So it's not as simple as just designing something on an iPad and then texting it to a client. That is not the professional way that I, that I approach business. So having a team to help with that back of house and designing and getting these pitches together and getting these, these quotes together and material checklists, those, that would be huge and marketing and would be a huge asset to continue to push straight edge, um, further and further into bigger clients and projects. I would say that what you said right there is probably one of the things that is so interesting to me about you and your business is that most of the time you either have like a business guy that's not real creative or you'll have a creative guy that's not real good at business. You're kind of an interesting animal to where you're a fusion of of both. You're taking this because a lot of times, you know, let me just be honest, you know, a lot of these super creative people, they're, they're a little flighty. They're hard to pin down, you know, but you get them someplace and you're going to get something really creative, but you're kind of like, I don't know, pinning them down is hard. You're actually creating something that is very, very unique in that you're fusing this high level of creativity, but you're also packaging it inside of a professionally run. And, and now that you share kind of what you view, how you view it 
being done a very professional business, um, which to me is probably one of the primary reasons that it'll do really well um, is because that's hard to find. And businesses crave that creativity, but they also need it to be done within structure so that they can manage it. Um, sure. And well, thank you very much. And I'll tell you real quick, it is not me, my, my dad, the owner of Buffalo Construction, businessman through and through, growing up with him, you know, him as a resource. He's been a huge, huge influence into me wanting to do better in business. So um, thank you. But again, it's it's about the people you run with. It's about your influences too. And it's about taking suggestions, which that's what I do a lot of as well on my, on, on my business. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm excited, man. I, um, I think obviously it seems like, I mean, you just started this year. Uh, you've done some really cool work. Um, I know that even just from conversations we've had offline, people are becoming more and more aware. I, I, I certainly think the sky's the limit and it's such a unique, uh, and a unique business. So, um, we're up against time. I don't want to take any more of yours, but I do want, so for people listening, we'll go back, uh, to making sure they have access. So please, if they're interested in working with you or learning more, um, or even just having a conversation, a coffee, whatever with you, uh, go ahead and tell them what are the best ways to reach out to you if you would. Absolutely. So I have a very strong social media presence uh, that I consistently stay on uh, through Instagram. And that is at straight edge creative spelled out. And then my mural email that I check consistently is straight edge murals at gmail.com. And any form of that, um, any forms right there, they you will get into contact with me 100%. A website is coming again with the business being started just uh, beginning of this year, wanting to, you know, and projects still going on. We're continuing to build that portfolio and we want to give the best product and uh, website that we can, but that is in the, in the process. But reach out to any of those platforms. You will have me within 24 hours. And I can attest to that. That's one thing that was, you know, you, you were very responsive as we worked on this project, and it definitely was kind of a sideline deal. So, um, hey, I cannot, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I mean, and specifically for helping me with my wife's party, uh, just on a personal note, because it, it was so fun and it was, and it did add uh, just the just the right element. So that was that was cool. And I'm looking forward to us continuing to work together into the future and whatever. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different relationship to some of our other customers and and, and partners, but. Um, really respect what you're doing, and you know I'm looking forward to us continuing to figure out ways to kind of stay aligned as as we go forward. Landon, thank you again, sir. I really appreciate everything. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. Very grateful to be here. All right, man. I'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you.